don't hate, you know, enjoy while it lasts. That's the one thing I've learned from this pandemic, you know, it's like, we're not here forever. Just watch and enjoy. Stop crying about LeBron and Jordan and all that stuff. Who cares? Literally, who cares? Just enjoy your team, root for them to win, then die, and then you move on. <laughs>
it's a very balanced offense for them. Yeah, everybody gets a touch for sure. Right. Yeah. But it, they don't really have that one guy who can just go off. And that's not true with the Nets. Yeah, we got Karis. Karis LeVert, in my opinion, was like a top 10, if not top 5 player in the bubble. He really showed the kind of player. Maybe top 5 is a I'll bit... I'll say top 10. Easily top 10. I, I think he really showed the NBA what kind of player he can be. And even after the Blazers game, Damian Lillard complimented him in the interview post-game. He said, Karis LeVert is cold. He is cold. So, I mean, he had dropped 37. So he almost matched Dame even. Which, you know, kind of got swept under the rug with how great Karis LeVert played, And he also too. just, he, he missed that shot. I think he just wanted to, to send them goodbye on a on a jump shot. But, like, he probably should have passed that. You know, we could talk about that game later, but, you know, whatever. When I think about the Nets, I was kind of thinking, oh, yeah, they went 6-2. and two, But they did lose yesterday. But that was such a great game. I mean, it really felt like like the last five minutes of that game is like, I don't know, it felt like just an hour-long win by two sort of thing it was just crazy crazy atmosphere so yeah i think that's probably the most interesting if we talk about the matchup i mean kyle lowry has been like a resurgent point guard for them he's having a career year and you know they are playing karis levert at the point but he isn't that kind of facilitator like the raptors are yep or like the raptors have i should say um and they have many facilitators like that i also think obviously got to talk about spicy p you know, there's a beast. case for him to be most improved player again. I don't think he is obviously not going to win that. He wasn't nominated. But he just has really, really put on, like, another level from his season last year. And, you know, they just have a great, great cast, ensemble cast of players like Fred Van Vliet, uh, Chris Buescher. Norman Powell. Norman Powell. OG Ananobi. So the list goes on and on. Nets, on the other hand, like you said, they got a bunch of diamonds in the rough sort of players, guys who are hungry, guys who are not on contract for next year and are desperately looking for a place in the NBA and are trying to make their mark. So, you know, this kind of Cinderella run by the Nets, it's very possible. Yes, I think we may be a bit biased, but talk to me a bit about what you think their legitimate chances are for upset. I think, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be a long series no matter what. Definitely potential to go seven games easily. Uh... I mean, I I think the Nets could do it. Obviously, as you mentioned, their bias is going to be there, but I do think the Nets are a dangerous team, for sure. And it's definitely preferable to what we thought would happen is that the Nets would have been the eighth seed in the bubble and would have faced the Bucks, which I think would have just been an easy four and out. Even though the Nets did beat the Bucks, I mean, Giannis and Kmid weren't playing, if we're being honest. Yeah, they didn't play for the whole second right, half. Right, they didn't game. play for the whole second half. So, you know, we look at Brooklyn. We are fans, obviously. I think it's going to be Raptors in six, but it would not shock me at all. I mean, Brooklyn has really surprised me so far. Again, going five and three in the bubble. Jacques Vaughn has just been an excellent coach. They're even running a different kind of offense. I would slightly. I would be very disappointed if he was not the coach uh, at the start of next season. Absolutely. I completely agree. But let's talk about who some people consider the best team in the East to get out, and that's the Boston Celtics. Right. They are the third seed. Also went five and three. And they're matched up with the Sixers right now. Right. The Sixers who are actually lacking Ben Simmons. And Joel Embiid is a little nicked up, as right. he always is. He played today, but I guess we'll have to see. The Celtics, they are a lot like the Raptors in the sense that they also have a lot of options, except they do have guys who can legitimately go off. Jason Tatum is a 30-point threat. Jalen Brown, in the right circumstances, is a 30-point threat. Even Gordon Hayward and Kem- has been looking really good lately. There's a little concerns for uh, Boston for me. Kemba Walker has looked pretty shaky recently. 
not really that good. I mean, I think he was also injured a little bit too. But he hasn't looked too great in the bubble. Uh, I think he kind of taken a back seat to Jason Tatum. Uh, yep. I don't know, but... Well, I think this is Jason Tatum's team now. It is for sure now, yeah. He had kind of a, a slow year last year. But, you know, the sophomore slump is a real thing. And Jason Tatum, he's coming back with a vengeance now. And, you know, he's had some on-and-off performances in the bubble. But really, for every team that wasn't the Nets and the Magic, these were really just warm-up games. I mean, nothing much has changed since we started talking about the season all those weeks ago. I think everybody basically finished in the same spot. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is going to win in that series, Boston versus Sixers? I think it's going to be probably four or five games, Celtics. Yeah, win. I would probably give Celtics in five. But Especially again, now because Ben Simmons is gone, so I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep. And, you know, the Sixers losing this is, is going to be huge because I think that that is going to be maybe the atmosphere for Brett Brown to possibly get fired. Uh, most yeah, I agree. I think he's gonna probably be gone after this year. We're gonna talk about some coaching stuff a little Towards bit later the in the show, but definitely I, he's on the he's on the back burner for sure. Yeah, uh, I shouldn't say back burner. Uh, and now I think we have the get your popcorn ready matchup remaining, which is the Pacers and the Heat. Obviously, there's some drama between these two teams. You know, I don't think the drama is as big as, as people say. It's yeah. kind of like the NBA think, Twitter drama. I think it may be a little made for TV, too. But TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler, or, that's a, a really comedic... Uh, and you know, when they, did match, when they did match up, Jimmy, took, Jimmy locked him up. Locked him up. Only he only took points. three shots on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean... No, actually, no. He only... Yeah, he only took three shots. He made one on Jimmy Butler in 21 minutes. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a great player. I mean, uh, let's see... Who would you favor in that series, Pacers versus Heat? I mean, the, Miami's been playing a bit worse, but I would have to go with Miami. I think. I think that kind of. Uh, I don't. I still don't really believe in the Pacers. I still am not a believer in T.J. Warren. I mean, he's been awesome. I, uh, I'm honestly, I'm gonna have to go with the Pacers in this one. If Victor Oladipo could, you know, maybe he's gonna get a little bit healthy in a few couple of days. Maybe not. Who knows? And he plays like that old Victor Oladipo that we know. And you know, if T.J. Warren. He only gave them 12 points when they played the Heat last time. Even if he can give them, like, 20, 25, I mean, that's going to be a, a large upgrade. So I mean, I, I, he doesn't have to go off for 53 every game. But, you know, Miles Turner's been playing pretty well. Obviously, they're missing Sabonis, uh, Sabonis which is not great. But I think that it's going to be a close series between the Pacers and the Heat. It's definitely going to be Miami who has to press, you know, naturally as a fifth seed. I do think that the X factor for Miami is going to be – Two things. First of all, how well can Bam Adebayo play? True. How much of a mark can he make? Because they don't really have an answer for a guy like him. They just don't. So he is a mismatch nightmare for the Pacers. I think the second question for the Miami Heat is, how well can they put it all together? Keep in mind, they only had three wins. They're coming in to their playoff series, you know, two losses in a row. Pacers had two wins in a row. And uh, that was since their matchup. So you kind of look at these circumstances. And what it's going to have to be for the Heat is how well can they click. Because just like the Celtics and the Raptors, they have this very, very even balance on offense. They can attack you from anywhere. I know Derek Jones just had a a really scary injury today. Apparently he's okay, though. Yeah, so he's okay. You know, a guy like Derek Jones can just hammer it on the inside. And then they got guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, who can just bomb from three. And it's just, you know, Dragic also a very underrated player. One of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion, Goran Dragic. 
Bam Adebayo, obviously, is a rising star. So, yeah, you can't even forget Jimmy Butler, who, as I said last week, the Swiss Army knife of NBA players. Potentially, I, I, I probably probably will end up in the Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see with all-star appearances and stuff. I mean, he, I, I think he needs a ring still. He, I think he's a long way from calling him a Hall of Famer, but he's yeah. obviously he's obviously a great player. I see on Basketball Reference, he's around like forty four percent right now. Yeah, I mean he's got he has a couple more years to make his case for sure. But you know what I like about the East, you know, you look at teams like Raptors, Celtics, and the Heat, and I really think that that's kind. Of, and even the Pacers too, and even the Nets also with the way the Nets have been playing. That I really think that that's going to be the future of NBA basketball. You know, this kind of super team that the Nets have right now with, you know, KD, Kyrie, Karras, maybe a third superstar, fourth star. A team like that, I really think, is on its way out. I think what a lot of teams, they've shown they can be successful with this format. Even in the West, teams like the Nuggets, all they need is you know one really great player and a bunch of very, very, very good players to put around them. You know, Instead of this whole thing that the Warriors tried, which with obviously a lot of success, with just like a super team. But I think that the super team, especially because of how the salary cap is working and post-COVID, the fact that these teams stand to lose money, I don't think we're going to be seeing super teams like that for another few years. So I think that this is really going to be like the short-term future of the NBA is teams like that. So I'm really curious to see how those teams fare in the bubble. Yeah, no, you're right. Of no. course, there is Giannis, who is you know the superstar of superstars in the East, and the Bucks found out that they can also have a, like a true superstar player and also put a bunch of great players around them. Yeah, but that's why people aren't that high on the Bucks at the same time. I mean, obviously Chris Middleton is a great player, all-star player, but I mean, usually, even you know the best team in the, in the NBA, you could say, I mean, the Lakers supposedly supposedly have two superstars in their team, LeBron and AD. I think most teams are trying to go for that two, that two superstar lineup. I mean, uh, who has it? The Nets have it. The Rockets have it. The Mavs have it potentially with Porzingis. I think I don't think he's a superstar right now, but he has the potential to be in maybe one or two years. So and now while we're talking about the Western Conference, let's talk about these matchups. I actually for this one I want to start inside out. Okay. Because I want to talk about the plane at the very end. So let's look at Rockets Thunder. Who are you taking? Well, considering that the Rockets aren't going to have Russ for a few games, I'm going to have to go with the Thunder. And this is going to boost uh, Chris Paul's resume, in my opinion. Um, he, the Thunder were thought to be a ba- were going to be a bad team before a the bus team, started. tanking team, and they were the fifth seed. But identical actually, record to the Rockets. They just were, yeah, the identical One record less, to the Rockets. If they had like another win in the conference, they would have been because the Four Rockets seed. had twenty eight wins in the conference, and the Thunder had twenty seven wins in the conference, and that was the tiebreaker. Just like it was a tiebreaker for the Suns, actually, mm-hmm. they lost on that to the Grizzlies. Uh, so we look at the Rockets. They're going to beat that Westbrook. They also are on a three-game losing streak. They lost very badly today, and basically a pointless game. They got completely blown out of the water by this Philadelphia 76ers who didn't even have Ben Simmons. And, you know, again, what are the keys to this matchup? I think Chris Paul... We'll see how... I mean, obviously Chris Paul's going to be motivated. Looking for revenge. Play against the Rockets, who just dealt him out. I mean, honestly, say what you want. Obviously, Westbrook's a great player, but... I don't know how they move away from Chris Paul. They literally almost went to the finals. If he didn't get injured, they would have went to the finals. Well, I think it's just another example of scapegoating players in this era of Houston Rockets basketball. It's just who can you sell out uh, and for how much. Because they really were one one half away from going to the finals. If Chris Paul does not get injured, the Rockets would go to the finals that year. That's right. And it was, you know, very upsetting. And 
obviously, you know, people say, oh, James Harden, but he never won. But people, yeah, I close. feel, have been underestimating his playoff career. Look, but has uh, Harden been to the finals? He almost got there. And he has. And he was like a very integral part of that team. There's a phrase, close but no cigar. Yeah. And that's the James Harden experience right now. So, I, I'll i say it again. Even though they're on a losing streak, I really think that the Rockets are the most dangerous team in the West and probably in the NBA. If Harden gets hot, well, you know, maybe the only guy who I've seen so far who can just actually be like, what the hell is going on right now? Dame. Is Damian Lillard, yeah. yeah. That's like the same level of, of like incredulousness. I mean, Harden, I really hate watching him play, but his just ability to just squeeze points out of nothing is, is like next to none. He can he can just turn like some random boring play into easy two points at the free throw line. He he just really knows how to maximize his body for points. It's it really is a talent. I mean, and people say, oh, he's not teaching players to play the right way, but what is the right way? The right way is to win. The right, right way is to score and, and to to get the right way to play is getting the ball in the basket, and he does it at a high level. I don't understand the hate on James Harden. Does it look the prettiest all the time? No. No. It looks kind of ugly too. But extremely ugly. It like, works. Aesthetically terrible. Stop with the hate, okay? It's not that bad. He's he makes some incredible shots. I love how the defense is. It's not that bad. No, it's not. No, it's like obviously it's not the prettiest thing you've ever seen, but he has some great highlights too. The Wesley Johnson crossover. Remember he crossed over Ricky Rubio to yeah. oblivion, hit a game winner on him. Well, apologies. He, he last year against the Warriors, he hits that beautiful three pointer for the win against on Draymond and Clay Thompson, and called Draymond a bitch. As he was getting up the, off the floor, I mean, come on. James Harden has had some great moments. Well, apologies to Skip Bayless, but I'd rather watch Damian Lillard do the exact same thing. Skip Bayless is a fool, With man. much, much, much more beauty. Skip Bayless Basketball is a, is a sport of beauty. Skip Bayless is an idiot, man. I'm going with the Rockets. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. I'm, I'm not naive enough to count out the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that, you know, Chris Paul... He hasn't had the best season of his career in terms of numbers, but... In terms of winning impact? Right, in terms of winning impact, in terms of playmaking, in terms of leadership, he has just been, like, one of the best in the league. Just, like, true class. And obviously the guys that Oklahoma City has... Are extremely talented. Right, extremely talented. I mean, they got... Shea. They got... Danilo Gallinari. Danilo, which is, again, if you want to talk about, like, criminally underrated players in NBA, he's always been yeah. one of those guys. Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, who was probably going to win sixth man of the year this year. And then... Steven uh, Adams. Steven Adams, you can't forget. Steven Adams, a big of, mismatch nightmare for them. One of the best centers in the NBA. Especially without what Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And in a way, it's kind of a shame that there's no Westbrook, because this kind of would have been a really awesome thing to see Westbrook play against his former team. But... You know, I think it's going to be a close series. I have to give it to Houston. And then we have, you know, the matchup that I was salivating about before the season started. Nuggets-Jazz. The Jazz went from, like, a top seed all they the way from, down to the sixth They went from fourth seed. all the way to the sixth. Right. You know, I don't believe in the Utah Jazz at all. I think that they're kind of a... Uh, yeah, they're a boring team. Yeah, very sure. boring. There's not nothing much to say. They've just been really disappointing in the bubble. I mean, they don't have uh, Bogdanovich either, so that's not going to help. They had an opening night win against the New Orleans Pelicans. Who really, if you want to talk about frauds, they're they're the number one. You know, even we were. Duped. They got hyped up to a even game. we got duped. We'll, we'll cover them after this playoff preview. I think that uh, the Jazz, you know, they had a pretty win opening night, but they really haven't been an inspiring team. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he's been good, but clearly there have been a couple of other guys 
of his caliber who have been great, and I think that's really separated him. And now, instead of being a top seed and kind of not having to worry, you know, now they're kind of, they have like this downward momentum, and now they're going to face the Nuggets. Nuggets have lost three straight. So, I don't know. I think it's still a toss-up. On one hand, I don't really believe in the Jazz. On the other hand... I think the Nuggets are going to win pretty easily. They have a good team. They got Michael Porter Jr., who's been playing really well still. Jokic, in my opinion, the best center in the NBA. Um, Jamal Murray is playing very well, too. I think the Nuggets are going to... Bull Bull in the rotation. Bull Bull. I I think the Nuggets are going to win, you know, like a five, potentially six. And, you know, we even said this last week, but even a guy like Paul Millsap... He's been giving like obviously yeah quality his, minutes. His numbers don't jump off the charts, but he's still a very good defensive player, and he, he provides very well. He, yeah, he's probably a little bit overpaid. But a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. He's overpaid, but he still definitely contributes to that team for sure. So yeah, I think that that covers kind of three to six, and now we have the LA teams. First of all, we got the Clippers against the Mavericks. Mavericks, we did have them as our dark horse team. Do you still think that they're the dark horse team? Not against the Clippers. Uh, they really messed up. They didn't move up the standings. They didn't really perform that well in the bubble either, to be quite honest. Um, but uh, I'm sorry. Against the Clippers, I don't see them being the Clippers. Maybe they can make it a competitive series, but the Clippers are loaded. Well, also, like we were saying before, I think the Dallas Mavericks, they have like this crippling inability to close out games. And when you're playing against a team like the Clippers, which not have two stars... And an assortment of options to destroy you with. You yeah, know. they got 40 points from two players coming off the bench. Yep. I mean, is... what else What else does that say about you know how stacked they are? So you look at the Mavericks, and you know if they're going to get leads and be unable to close it out, I mean, that's just going to be like the Blazers against the Warriors last year. I mean, that's a huge part of being a championship team is how do you deal with leads when it's go time. And clearly, that's going to be a problem. So this is a huge test for the Dallas Mavericks. I do think if they can beat the Clippers, they can beat anybody, and you should be afraid. And you know we've watched like a lot of Dallas games, and when they look good, they're on. Man. They look just gorgeous, and you know Doncic is going to just be phenomenal. He probably will end up one of the greatest players to ever play this game at yep. this rate. And Porzingis, Porzingis can be his a, Pippen. A Porzingis could be, Porzingis Even. could be the one A, the one B to the one A. What I meant to say. Porzingis could really be an incredible player. He can be the Shaq to his Kobe. He can be the Malone to his Stockton. That's the kind of dynamic. I mean, they had Nash and Nowitzki many years ago, and they never did anything with that. The Mavericks actually ended up like not mattering to them because they ended up winning a ring. But that's like one of the biggest like what ifs. Like if they could have had prime Nash and prime Nowitzki together. Even Mark Cuban said he regretted trading um, Steve Nash. Nash. I mean, if you know, and now they have that opportunity again. So I really hope they don't make the same mistake. You know, I hope, really hope they're able to build around Porzingis. I think Porzingis is going to be on contract for another three years after this yeah. season. So, I mean, really, the sky's the limit for that team going to the future, even if they don't perform well in the. You got to keep him year. happy because you see what happens when the Knicks don't keep him happy. So, keep Porzingis happy. Keep Doncic happy. And he's got that nice around. contract. He's pretty happy, and he's playing in a good environment with a great coach. No income tax in Texas, I think. One of the best coaches in the game in Rick Carlisle, who doesn't get enough praise, in my opinion. Yeah, truly one of the like t- the titans of the game as well. So I, the, the Mavs, I don't see them winning the series. I think they'll probably lose in maybe five. Maybe, maybe they'll push to the six. It's all about how well they can click at the end of the day. Yeah. Because they also, I mean, they're also a pretty deep team. 
They're yeah. not as deep as the Clippers, but they they do have a lot of. They depth have, they as have well. some quality guys in their team. Like you definitely, sure. you definitely, you're not gonna have to worry like in some other matchups like Clippers Magic. I'm sorry, like Bucks Magic. You're not gonna have to worry about like you know when the reserves come in. It's just gonna be a blowout. Like there's gonna be some interesting matchups there with the uh, Clippers reserves. And then you, you know you got obviously guys like Lou Will, uh, and then coming off the bench for Dallas, guys like Trey Burke, Maxi Cleaver. So. I think that's going to be really interesting. And, you know, they're going to be really entertaining games. I mean, those are the games really you should watch. You're just looking for quality entertainment. I'll ask you a question about the Lakers, and then we'll do a deep dive onto the play-in, which is happening today, probably as you're listening to this. So the Los Angeles Lakers, we've seen them for eight games now. Clearly they've been taking breaks. Do you think that they're a false king? I don't think they're as good as people expect them to be in the bubble. I mean, they really, even though, yeah, you could say, yeah, oh, they just, they clinched the first seed, they stopped carrying. That doesn't give you an excuse to not make, I mean, missing open shots is is not, oh, the, Clippers, the Lakers don't care anymore. Shooting like under 30% from the three-point line. Shooting around 20, 28%, which Awful. is horrible. I mean. That would have made Lonzo fit right in. Yeah, I mean, Danny Green can't throw a, peanut into the ocean right now i mean it's really bad for like ben simmons missed the fish remember yeah, that yeah he yeah so i mean it's really bad the lakers lebron really has not wowed me either although credit to lebron for leading the league in assists officially that's yeah. insane yeah although you know a lot of his haters depending on how he does in the playoffs they may start by saying you know this was the beginning of the end of lebron's career because he has looked like he lost a step if we're being honest. And I know LeBron fans don't want to admit it. It's just we're, like... We're not ready for the conversation. Yeah, right nobody's now. ready for that. It was just like how a couple years ago, people were saying Cristiano doesn't look the same. And Real Madrid fans were like, no, no, what are you talking about? And then he went to Juve like two seasons later. I mean, he is maybe starting to show those signs of decline. It's up to LeBron to prove us wrong. Was he really lost a step or has he just been conserving himself to the playoffs? That's the big question. So playoff LeBron, we're waiting for you. I, like, I'm not sure if I said this last week, but I really miss him in the East because I really miss that phrase, Lebronto. Yeah. That alone Domination. was like one of the greatest things I had ever seen. Like what Shaq did to the Kings, LeBron did to Toronto. Like it's just unbelievable. Every year you just would smack them. Let's talk about the plan though. What do you think about uh, the whole situation that came up? I mean, the Blazers clutched up and Memphis choked. They had a four-game lead um, going into the bubble, and they lost it. They fell down to the ninth seed, and then uh, the Blazers just kept winning. They went six and two, and they're now in the eighth seed. And my condolences to the Phoenix Suns, who went eight and zero and missed the playoffs. It's unfortunate, but you know they they did not control their own destiny because even they went eight and zero, it was still not the Grizzlies had to lose, or the Blazers had to lose one more game. Uh, and they barely beat the Nets, and the Suns missed the, the plane completely, which is pretty sad. But the Blazers, I think they're going to easily win the plane. I think they're going to win on Saturday right away because now when they played them the first time in the first game of the bubble, they had Jaron Jackson, the Grizzlies did. Now the, the Grizzlies don't. So I think that the Blazers are going to smack them, um, and they're going to go play the Lakers in the first round. And that, in my opinion, has huge upset potential too. I mean, obviously, 
The Blazers play no defense at all. But who's going to guard Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum? Dude, I watched Lakers. that game yesterday. Dude, he pulled up from half court. Yeah. And it's not like those, even like those Steph Curry half courts where like it looked like a, a like heave. it always looks he, like a heave. No, he, he just, he just shot literally it. took a jump shot. And, and what, what can you do about that? Right, Joe Harris said it best. Damn, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around, fade away, like with Joe Harris like smothering him on defense and just straight cash. Like, how do you stop that? You can't. Better offense beats better defense every time. It, like for all the credit that Harden and Curry have gone over the past few years, Westbrook in triple double season. I mean, Dame is doing something special right now. I mean, he's averaging thirty and he's averaging eight assists as well. Fifty he, over the last three games. Yeah, so he's averaging eight assists. So he's distributing the ball well, making his teammates better too, not just being a ball hog. And we noticed this yesterday, but McCollum looks excellent too. Even with, even with a fractured back, a micro fracture in his back, he hit. The game ceiling shot against the Nets. Gary Trent, one of the breakout stars of the bubble, too. Yeah. Yusuf Nurkic looks awesome. Mello hit another clutch shot. Yeah, Mello, well, he missed a... Uh, he missed a clutch shot, and then he hit a clutch so, shot. So, you know... But, uh, listen, this may very well be Carmelo Anthony's last season, or at least the last season on a competitive team, because I, I think he's going to New York next year. Probably, so, yeah. you know... So, you know, I'm, like, fully on the Mello train right now. I'm, I I'm, think if... We're not playing in stadiums with arenas. He's not going to go to the Knicks because he wants to have that fanfare, that farewell tour. I think if, I think if it's going to be kind of similar to how it's playing out right now, I think he's probably going to stay with the Blazers for one more year. But hey, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. No, yeah. Why? Why would he like? Yeah, exactly. If you're going, you, like, if you're a star like Mel, I mean, obviously he's not a star anymore. But the nostalgia. Why would you go like to MSG and be no fans? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, that's, like no, yeah, I'm saying you're absolutely right. What do you think about the Grizzlies? They're no, they're not. They're not like in the they, I, they really disgusted me. I mean, they, yeah, they really definitely, had... definitely was like always going to be hard for them, but like two and six. I, I mean, mean, the two wins are like okay. I mean, they lost wins. four in a row, even with Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. And then he got injured, and then they got two more. No, wins it's just been extremely disappointing, and that's kind of the worst part. Like especially for the Suns, who had so much heart and really gained the whole respect of the NBA, like still to miss the spot to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I mean, you know, for the Phoenix Suns to lose their spot to, like, of all teams, the Memphis Grizzlies, like, who've just been so uninspiring. Yeah, I think Portland's going to mop the floor with them. I think Portland is the best eight seed in NBA history. You know, they're probably closer to, like, a fourth seed in terms of, like, their, their strength. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they're definitely that being dangerous. said, I mean, you know, they lost by one against the Nets, who, like, didn't even have to play for a win. But then it shows how good the Nets are, too, in my opinion. I mean, Tyler Johnson was... Looking like Magic Johnson yesterday, bro. Maybe Man, and was, he was popping Jared Allen looked like Wilt too. Dude, Jared Allen, they all looked great. I was very happy with how. No, that was actually that. That was like one of the best NBA games I've seen in a really long time. That was very good. That game. was so much. It, it, it literally felt like a playoff game, and there was like, there's literally no need for them to even play anywhere near that hard. And it just was like that was entertainment. That's what sport. That's why people miss sports for games like those, like Nets Trailblazers. That is like you know in the textbooks about COVID. That should be like the example about how it provided entertainment. Like you look on Twitter, like people who don't even watch basketball were tuning into that because Dame was going off. You know, the Nets were like just goons, like just true like rivals, like in that game. Like the real, like it was just like a storybook game for this Blazers. Like this is the enemy, like clad in black and white that you have to face to make it into the playoffs. Not even make it to the playoffs, make it into the play-in. And for all the trials and tribulations that they had, for all the fanfare with Melo, for all the questions about Damian Lillard, like, is this going to be the year that he really proves himself? You know, for all the people questioning him from his, you know, from his own uh, colleagues in the NBA 
to the media, questioning his talents, questioning his ability to be a true leader, you know. That all culminated in that one game. And that was just really awesome to see. You know, if Karras made that shot, the whole narrative would have changed. But that's what that's what I've been saying for months now. It's all about winning at the end of the day. Nobody remembers at the end of the day. Nobody remembers like, oh, you know, you were one jump shot away from elimination. Nobody yeah, remembers from, that. They just remember you. you they remember it. wins and losses. That's all that matters. They remember points. That's why all this fanfare about Harden, right? Nobody's going to remember in all these years about um, all the stuff that he's pulled in his career. People are just going to pull up the highlights of him pulling out from out of nowhere, from like getting, you know, and ones that are unbelievable. So for all the hate that I give him, maybe he's right. Maybe he is right. Maybe he's going to be remembered as some kind of team out guy who's just like, like the greatest scorer of his time. He probably will be. So don't hate. You know, enjoy while it lasts. That's the one thing I've learned from this pandemic. You know, it's like we're not here forever. Stuff's going to be hard. Shit's going to be hard. You know, life's a storm. Sometimes you can't always like ride the waves. Sometimes it just destroys you. And you you wake up and you just see an NBA team just playing. Just watch and enjoy. Stop crying about LeBron and Jordan, all that stuff. Who cares? Literally, who cares? Just enjoy your team, root for them to win, and that's it. And then die, and then you move on. <laughs> that's it. That's all we got, guys. So, yeah, I hate to get all upsetting, but who do you have for Portland, Memphis? But I think Portland's gonna win. Yeah, I and think Portland's gonna mop the floor. I mean, that would be hilarious if Memphis like wins two games. They gotta I'm, win two games. Yeah, though. That, that would just I, be I that just would be comedy for me, though. I don't envision that. I don't envision. Even Memphis could maybe win one game. There's no way they're being. The no, I think place. I think Portland is gonna just do do. Uh, you know they had they got they got all the battle training they need. They're on a three game winning streak. I think that Dame is just gonna go off the floor. I mean I don't think, I think Ja has proven that you know he he's not ready. He he obviously can match up with the best of the best, but I still think he needs that experience. And um, yeah, they're a young team. They're gonna struggle. I was a bit. I think we were a bit optimistic about the Grizzlies, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Watch out for them Grizzlies, though. What do you think about the upset potential between the Lakers? Oh, I think it's huge. I think it's, you know, with the, the Lakers have, have looked, like, just the eye test, they have looked terrible. I mean, Nobody I, wants to say it to me. Laker fans are going to keep, like, you know, um, filleting LeBron. But, come on. They've looked terrible. They, like, haven't, they haven't looked good at all. Anthony Davis has been all over the place. LeBron, he, I mean, to me, it's looked like he's taken a huge step back. I don't think it's, like, a permanent, like, oh, he's lost a step forever. But I just think his focuses are... Like, just not the same. It's I mean, a different he's environment. Trying, he's been trying out to make excuses, too. Yeah. I mean, it, has, it hasn't looked good. It hasn't, just looked, it hasn't looked the best. So, and then, you know, I think he came out with another thing saying, oh, you know, it was not fair. We don't even know. We're matching up with the playoffs yet. You know? Yeah, well, that's your number one seed. Like, literally, who cares? Like, why do you need to know? Why do you need to prepare? Does it really matter? Like, you, you're going to game plan for Dame anyway? No. You haven't even been game planning to, like, shoot threes before a game. Who cares what you think? Just win. Like people expect you to win. There's there's no excuses. You know, I'm 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 really, really praying for playoff LeBron. I think that that would just make everything way more interesting. Because yeah, they are the number one seed, but I don't know. I don't have too much faith. I think it's gonna be the Clippers that come out. I'm curious what you think. I think the Clippers will come out too. I mean, I think it's a tie right now in my mind between the Lakers and the Clippers. I give the Clippers a bit of an edge. I mean, I, they just played better the seeding games. I think they're just a deeper team. Uh obviously LeBron and A D probably a bit more powerful than Paul George and Kawhi on paper, but that's not how it's been in practice. So yeah. So now, who do you think is going to be the NBA champion? Let's get those predictions. I think it's either going to be the Lakers or the Clippers again. I'm not. I don't want either. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Lakers. I think LeBron is going to turn it up in the playoffs, and if he doesn't, that may mark you know 
if he's you know maybe sh- shows his age a little bit in these playoffs, I think the Lakers are gonna try to make a move to sign another star, and that's gonna, in my opinion, uh, lower my thoughts on LeBron if they go for a third star to you know really just cash in championships. I would uh, the taste in my mouth about LeBron would definitely dissipate. But well, that's that's the way the sport works. I don't man. really want to get sidetracked. I do want to discuss you know some of the coaching news that's been going on in the NBA. So Jim Boylan. Fired. Fired this morning. He was the coach of Chicago Bulls. Really been doing a terrible job. I'm, I'm going to be aggressively on the uh, Kenny Atkinson campaign. And I think Kenny Atkinson would be the perfect coach for the Bulls. They have a lot of young players. Kobe White. Kobe White. Turned Kobe White into like, I don't know. Kobe, Kobe White. The greatest point guard ever. He, Kobe White looked very good in the latter half of the year. Oh, he was like a very underrated rookie. Yeah. So I think, and you know, Laurie Markkinen had a, Terrible year this oh, year. Yeah. But I think that was partly because of Jim Boylan, probably. Uh, so I think, you know, Kenny Atkinson, they really are a great group of young players. Like, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. They got, you know, Ryan uh, R2D Akino, he's a good shooter. They got Markinen, you know, Zach Levine. I don't know if he's going to be there after this. I don't think he's going to stay, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, I think Kenny Atkinson would really be the perfect coach for them. Well, I job. think they need to. I think the Chicago Bulls are too iconic of a franchise to tolerate this any longer. I think it's time for them to have a change of ownership. Uh, fire guard packs. I'm fully on that train. Start fresh. Start with Ka again. He knows how to build a team, and I hope this time he gets to actually build a team and actually succeed. Obviously, he's not the greatest uh, coach to call plays at a timeout and but you know, he'll stuff learn. Like that, he but... will learn. He's a young coach too, very young. But you know. About if you want to establish a good culture in Chicago, which is you know, the house that Michael Jordan built, you want to have a good team in Chicago, and I think that he just would be really the perfect hire for the Chicago Bulls. Well, yeah, I mean the United Center is like the, it's like the the holy temple of basketball. People say MSG. No, it's I mean that's that's I mean, six rings right there. That's six I mean, rings. The entire MSG 90s. Is, the, is the mecca, but. You, you know, you can't dispute what Michael Jordan did in Chicago either. Yeah, MSG is the heart, but like, dude, the the United Center is like the brain. I mean, that's this literally '90s basketball. It flowed through there. You know, Jordan took a break for two years, came back and said, uh, "Give me three more." So, but there hasn't. You know, there was Derrick Rose. The tragedy of Derrick Rose. What could have been? Could have been so many more championships. They had such a great team. Thibodeau coached such a great team there, and it all fell apart because of ACL injury. And, you know, if that injury happened a couple years later, it wouldn't even have mattered. He would have been full strength. It wouldn't even have mattered. Shout out D. Rose. I love Derrick Rose, man, so much. Yeah. Um, who doesn't at this point? So who are some other coaches you think are on the hot seat right now? That's a really good question. I'll tell you who's not on the hot seat. Monty Williams for the Suns, dude. No. I mean, you know, proving once again that, you know, the kind of – he's just a, like a real culture guy. Really solid. Really, really solid. solid coach. Also, if you like read up on his life story, how much he's had to endure mm-hmm. and how you know how he's just been so strong. I mean, that that's the kind of guy that a team can rally behind. You know, you compare that to like Jim Boheim, who like lost the locker room in Jim a Beeline month. With yeah, yeah, John Beeline. Sorry, <laughs> was disaster, man. Yeah, dude. He called the players thugs. Yeah, I mean, if you compare that with like, and then he John said, Beeline. Then he yeah. said he meant to say slugs or something, but oh my god, what a joke! Oh my god. Not, but in my opinion, I think Brett Brown is on the hot seat. Oh yeah, I think if they lose the series, I think he's fired. I think Lloyd sure. Lloyd Pierce is on the hot seat for the Hawks easily. They had a lot of hype coming into this season too. I don't think they had that much hype though, honestly. They they ended up they ended off the season last year playing really well, and they did have some hype. 
and really did not play well at all. So I think Lloyd Pierce is going to be on the hot seat too after this season. Easily. No, I mean, we talk, kind of talked about it. Yeah, I, I think that the, the big hot seat is gonna, to look out for is Brett Brown and who's going to fill that role. Because really, there aren't too many great, you know, inevitably they're going to pick some assistant coach, you know. I don't know. It's an uh, interesting time for sure because really, I mean, who's the best coaching candidate right now after Kenny Atkinson, who's like clearly number one for me? I mean, Thibodeau's gone. Right. Thibodeau's like a basically number two either. No, no matter how you slice it, you want to clown the Knicks, but I mean, you use Jason Kidd. Okay, Jason Kidd potentially being the head coach coming back for the Nets is comedy to me. Yeah, that's a joke. That like, is a joke. Like Mike I, Woodson got signed as an assistant. For what? The Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, he did. Who are you going to Mark Jackson? Are you kidding me? What is he going to do? Like, pray some wins for you? Like, I don't know. Mark Jackson is like, all the problems you have with Tom Thibodeau times a thousand. I mean, he just, the dude had Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and wasn't even like, able to get out of the second round. Then they had Steve Kerr, who had like basically no experience in coaching and five straight finals. Five straight finals. So, yeah. People are like, why don't why doesn't anyone pick Mark Jackson? That's why. You kidding me? Like, are, is that a serious question? Shout out to Jacques Vaughn though. You know, as a Nets fan, he's been really, really like, I don't know. He's been great. He has seven three record right now, ten games. I mean, this playoff series is gonna be huge. If he can get an upset win against the Raptors, that'd be really awesome. I think that would probably guarantee is uh, he stays as the coach, in my opinion. And also, I just like watch videos with him talking to the team, and you see, there's like a lot of respect for him. I think also because he's kind of in a similar situation to what Kenny Atkinson had last year, where really like a lot of guys were just trying to prove themselves or trying to find their place on the team, and you know he is being that leader for them. Clearly, Karras I think only kind of found that groove recently, because he wasn't you know we were talking about this. He didn't really start off that strong in the bubble, but yeah, that that's what a good coach is. Like a, a coach at the end of the day, you know X's and O's. Assistant coaches can help with that, and analytics can help with that more than ever. It will only continue to help with that with like you know improvements in tech, but like a coach needs to be a guy that everybody you know from the number one star to like the scrub at number fifteen that they can all depend on and trust. If you don't have that, then there's no point in having that coach, and that's why coaches get fired. So yeah, I, that's kind of our analysis of coaching, I think. And then actually something I want to mention is that Vlade Divac. I think I'm not sure if he resigned or he got fired, but he's no longer with the Sacramento Kings. Whatever way you slice it, that's great news. The guy who said two years ago that they had a super team, a young super team. How did that go with the Sacramento Kings? I mean, they made a huge mistake in signing Luke Walton, in my opinion. They finished 12th in the bubble. They signed Luke Walton, and they looked pretty bad the whole year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they still got the Aaron Fox. Oh, Greg Popovich, by the way, we completely forgot about him. Greg Popovich, he may leave the Spurs, you he know, after retire. the streak is over. Yep. And then, I mean, basically the only place I see him going is, is Brooklyn. If he leaves the Spurs, which I think is kind of unlikely, because, you know, they broke their, like, 20-something streak years. 20, 22 years, 20, yeah. Right, of missing the playoffs. You know. So, you look at them. Where's he really going to go? He's not going to coach the Bulls or the Six. No, the only if he's going to coach anyone, he's going to coach Stars. So, he's going to go to Brooklyn probably for a year or two. If they can win it, they will. If they won't, they won't. Personally, I would love to see Jason Coach as the head coach of the Nets. Hell no. <laughs> Simply because it would be funny to see like if he'd throw Kyrie under the bus first or if Kyrie would throw Jason Kidd under the bus first. I think that kind of like tension, that cat and dog race, would be like a year worth of storylines in like a month. So that would just be like pure drama, pure comedy. Um, no. 
I think they got to keep Jacques Vaughn. The coaching situation is going to stay relatively the same. But there are holes opening up. Um, the last thing I actually want to talk about, you know, we've been talking about the play-ins for a while. Well, two things. First of all, what do you think about the New Orleans Pelicans overall? Two wins, six losses. Lonzo Ball, basically, you know, half of an NBA player averaging 5-5-5 five, five, and five on, like, garbage percentages. Zion just, like, looking like he took a step back. J.J. Redick, you know, missing his streak of, like, uh, going to the playoffs every year. Brandon Ingram, you know, not just uh, making the impact that you said, you know, that he should have been making. So what do you think about the Pelicans? They're still a very young team with a lot of potential. Uh, they 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 messed up this new in the bubble. They had a chance to make in the play in. The NBA designed this play in for them to get in. I'm convinced they did that. So they had like the easiest schedule. Yeah, they had the easiest schedule. The NBA wanted the Pelicans in the playoffs for sure. They wanted to see Zion there, and you know they kind of put flat on his face. Zion, as you mentioned, really looked like was very out of shape when he came back from his urgent family matter. So, I mean. Too much New Orleans gumbo, man. So, honestly, we're just going to see what's going on uh, next season. I think they still are a very young team with a lot of great players, a lot of potential. So, I think still the sky's the limit for them, for sure. And, you know, going back to what could have been with the Suns, you know, we com- people complain about Sarver, they complain about, you know, the lack of talent. I do think that the Suns will be trending upwards. Yes, they definitely will be. And I think you can definitely expect them to see in the playoffs next year. I think like or, they finally earned the respect for the league. Or they get, cl- or they'll definitely be better than at the bottom of the, of the standings as they usually are. I think they're going to be a very good team next year. I yeah, know, I can't I, wait to see to talk about like the twenty twenty one picture because there is a sleeping giant in the West that everybody's forgotten about. But the, you know, the last thing before we end, the last thing I want to mention is I was reading today that Adam Silver said that they're looking into keeping the play in as a permanent fixture of the NBA playoffs. I like it. Yeah, you want to talk more about that? It makes uh, definitely makes good TV, and uh, obviously, old old heads are, are afraid to change. They're not gonna like it, but I think you know as times go on, and I actually think this makes for great TV. And obviously, it doesn't ensure there's gonna be a plan every year. If the ninth seed is far away from the AC, they're not gonna be in it. So I mean, I think that it definitely will be beneficial to the ratings. I think that more people are going to watch. There's a little bit more drama. Well, I, th- I think there are pros and cons. Because this is kind of like analogous to like the wild card in the NFL, except with the NFL, it's kind of like you know the top third best teams, whereas you're looking at basically like the most mediocre of teams in the NBA will be competing to get destroyed by like the number one seed. So, you know, in that sense... Well, there's still, it's still not a guarantee that you're going to get in. No. If you're going to be four ga- if it be within four right, games. Right, right, of course. But I'm saying like, you know, in the event that it's close... You're basically fighting to get smacked by, you know, the number one seed, basically. And also, I mean, why does it have to be four games with just those two? I mean, like, you could, like, the possibilities are endless, basically, for, like, this whole play-in thing. I, like, you know, why is it just, like, for the eighth and ninth seed? I, to me, it seems actually a little unfair, to be honest. Like, that, um, you're, you're fighting for a spot in the playoffs and you had a better record. And you don't get it over a guy who could be even oh, four you, games worse. You, you should beat you should beat that team though. If you only have to beat the right, time, right, of course. You but you can team. make that argument for anything, right? You can you could say, oh, why not do that for like the seventh and tenth seasons? Do seven, eight, nine. That that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, in that sense, I don't understand. But I agree completely that it's going to be for TV, because clearly the NBA has a lot of TV attention right now, and in general, like sports 
are losing revenue from like True TV because of a lot of things, streaming, mostly illegal streaming. But also like most people just don't watch TV anymore. They can just check the score. It's not like they have to wait the next day in the news to see like what the score was. They literally could just check the score on their phone. So these kind of moments, things that are going to make people want to tune in and say, oh, I watched this live. I watched this chaos live, you know, that that's kind of, it's just like the Super Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl, even though TV is dead, like more people watch that than ever, you know, so I think it's only recently a holiday. Been dwindling. And it's yeah. a holiday I think it's like recently starting to dwindle because of all this political stuff, but yeah, I think what you said, I think you really nailed it on the head. Like it's just going to be great TV and you know, these kinds of playing games are going to make people just want to say, Hey, you want to come over and watch, uh, watch this series you want to come watch like game two like that's I think what it's going to be all about so I absolutely agree I think it's great TV and yeah and uh, the final final thing I want to ask you who would be your bubble MVP I'm going to have to go with Damian Lillard I mean average 50 in the last three games literally willed his team to the playoffs I mean, he was like two free throws away unfortunately from making get six wins in a row and like absolutely uh guaranteeing their spot and that actually probably i think it would have allowed the suns to have a better chance but um you know what can you do they made it at the end of the day um with a lot of drama of course but yeah i'd have to go with him and obviously there are other guys you could think of i would have to go with Devin booker obviously um they didn't make the playoffs but if you're just talking about in the in a vacuum eight eight games in the bubble they did not they did not lose a single game so, how can how for me it has to be Devin Booker. Well, for me, I also think that there's a case to be made that the Suns, like as a team, were like a better overall team than the Blazers. You could argue they were the best team in the bubble. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't lose a game. Like, they didn't lose a game. I mean, listen, if it were an 82 game season, they wouldn't have gone 82 at all. I mean, it would have stopped and started declining somewhere, but they just had this momentum and just did not stop. And Devin Booker was, I mean, in my opinion, obviously, I understand all the arguments you made for Damian Lillard, and they all make sense and. I heard that the NBA is actually going to give out the bubble MVP award, and a bunch of others too. He's probably going to win it too. But Damian, I mean Devin Booker was just really, really impressed me. Well, yeah, I think if he had made the play, and then I would have easily been that too. But um, and yeah, in a vacuum, you're absolutely right. But I was just super impressed with like the last couple of games from Dame. How he really just turned on the Jets and decided like, you know, we're out of the picture right now, and. You know, I'm going to make sure we're in that picture. And they really fought and fought and fought. And, you know, and they didn't even need to catch Memphis for the A-seed, but they did it anyway. And they flipped. And now they're the A-seed, and they have the advantage. Yep. So, And now they all they need is one win instead of the kind of the two wins it was before. So they're fighting for all these little momentum advantages. You can imagine if they win tomorrow while we're recording this, they're going to have four in a row. And you're going to be going playing in, the, the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, they just honestly haven't looked great. So, kind of, what are some matchups that you're going to be watching for in the first round of the playoffs? What, what teams, oh, Obviously, we're going to watch the Nets series together, fine. But what are the like the must-watch series for you? The Lakers. Lakers, Blazers, obviously. That's assuming the Blazers assuming win. Assuming the Blazers win. Mavs, Clippers, good series. Pacers, Heat for me. Pacers, Heat. Uh... Not really that many interesting series for Raptors me. Nets. I really think if there's the one series that I think has the most like big upset potential, it's like yeah, I think those, guaranteed I think anyway. Those two series in the first yeah. round are the big ones. Raptors Nets and Blazers Lakers. If you want to watch potentials for upsets, I think other than that, it's going to be pretty simple first round. And uh, I think the matchups will really be more interesting. But again, it's been such an unpredictable season so far that you know who knows.
So yeah, I think uh, with that being said, thank you for listening to the Getting Buckets podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GetBucketPod. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you liked, didn't like. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. Peace.